take some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. October the 5th year of our Lord 2022. It is Yom Kippur. So today we remember that Jesus entered into the Holy of Holies. Good morning, saints of God. It is good to be with you this morning. Today is the Day of Atonement. And uh, just to remember, we're going to sing a song called Holy of Holies.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ah. All right. Good morning, saints of God. It's good to be with you on this good, cool morning. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Day of Atonement. One day a year, the priest will go into the Holy of Holies, not without blood. Not without blood. Praise God. This signifying that the way into the Holy of Holies was not yet made manifest. It is Yeshua who has made us a way into the Holy of Holies. Praise the Lord. And when we end this day, one of the things we want to be sure to do, this is the holiest day in Judaism. This is the day, the saying for this is, may your name be inscribed. The hope is that my name would be inscribed in the book of life for another year. As we've said, and we'll keep saying, the pure, spotless lamb, Yeshua, Jesus, his blood has been taken into the Holy of Holies, the true Holy Holies, not the shadow that was here on earth, but the true Holy of Holies, and has made atonement for us. And so for that, we can say hallelujah. We can say praise the Lord. We can say thank you, Jesus, because we are forgiven. And you know that should cause us to worship the Lord. And before we leave today, we want to be sure to pray for Israel. We want to pray for those who do not know the fullness of what the Day of Atonement actually means. Last night, we had a good time with the Gideons. Went to a pastor's banquet. Lisa and I went with Bernie and Cheryl. Bernie is the associate pastor of Church Without Walls. And we went and ate a good meal and listened to some testimonies. And we heard this man, huh? Amazing testimonies, yes. We heard about this man. He was a Jewish, he was a Jew, was bar mitzvahed at 13. And anyway, he was telling about when he came to the end of the road about to take his life. And uh, through a Gideon Bible in a hotel room where he decided to kill himself, he ends up calling this pastor. And anyway, he gets born again, saved. I just thank God for that, you know. Peace. He said the scripture that he seen, that he saw on the in the Bible, it was opened up. And he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Brothers and sisters, I hope you know this peace. If you're listening today, you've tuned in. Maybe you've never even been on Daybreak. You don't even know what Daybreak is. But you happen to still, for some reason, you're just happening to be listening right now. And you don't have peace the blood was shed on the cross of calvary by a man named jesus yeshua that's his name he went to that cross and he died for your sins and for my sins so that we can have peace with god he made atonement for you he covered you he covered me won't you receive him won't you trust him won't you give him your life I know that I've given him my life. My wife has given him her life. And we could never 
be happier than we are. It's, it's the best thing that ever happened to us is following the Lord. Revelation chapter 10. Yesterday we see we saw a mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, rainbow around his head, face like the sun, feet like pillars of fire, book open in his hand, spoke like a lion. And we said it's a messenger. It's, it's as if it's as if a king, you know, puts all his dressing on someone and says, go speak for me. It's a messenger angel. And this is why some people think this is the Lord Jesus himself. That's why some people would think that. But what we do know is it's a messenger that is representing being the voice of the Lord and declaring. Declaring. Now, he's got an open scroll in his hand. We said an open book in his hand. We don't want you to think book like, you know, he's got an open book in his hand. It's a scroll. This is the vision. That's what they wrote, was writing on in those days. So he's got an open scroll in his hand, which means it's not contained. It's open to be understood. And what we also learned was that there are seven prophetic messages. And we said before we left, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord. But the things that are revealed, they belong unto us and to our children that we may be careful to do all this law. That is to say, that we might be vigilant to obey our Lord. So what we do know is when he heard the thunders, what he heard was messages. And when, and matter of fact, he understood the seven prophetic messages and was going to write them down. But as he started to write, he was told, no, don't right. So what is the message that we are getting from this? Well, what we are learning and what is given to us is that in the end times, when the time of this unfolds, there will be seven messages that will go forth. Remember we said we ended the trumpet blast six was blown and, and no one repented. But when we look just before the seventh angel sound, we looked at this last week, it says the remnant of the people were affrighted and gave glory to God. That is, they repented. So that has to do with, no doubt, part of that is the prophetic messages that will be going out in this time. And we are not to know it yet. It is messages for that time that we are not supposed to know yet. And that brought us to verse 5 of Revelation chapter 10. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land, that's a big angel, one foot in the sea, one foot on the land, he raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lived forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, and the earth, and the things that are in it, and the sea, and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. So he lifts his, this angel, lifts his hand, and swears. Now, this is powerful. What this means is there's no more hiding. 
There's no more mystery. It's over. You see, there's prophecies that a day is coming when the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Well, how much water is in the sea? It's all water, right? So the day is coming when the knowledge of the Lord is going to cover the earth. There's going to be no more secrets, no more hiding, no more misunderstanding. It's going to be clear. And, it, and he's swearing by the one who created. Now, there's people that don't believe God created. I believe God created the heavens. And I believe God created the earth and the sea. And I believe he created everything that is in it. He is sovereign. He is the creator. And he swears by him. He's given this ability to swear by him that there will be no more delay. There's no more delay. Okay, verse 7. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants the prophets. And I just want to point out a couple of things. One, but in the days, there's an S on it. In the days of the sounding of the seventh angel. So when the seventh angel, this is it. It's the last trumpet. It's the last trumpet. The trumpet is going to sound. Hallelujah. In the days of the sounding of the seventh trumpet, what's going to happen? It's over. The mist, what's over? Time? There's no more time? No, that's not what it means. Mystery is over. Delay is over. Remember, why is there delay anyway? What's the purpose of the delay? I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll quote at it. For God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God is a merciful God. He's a loving God. He's full of love and compassion and mercy, and he wants people to turn to him. And so he's long-suffering, not willing. But when we get to here, when we get to here, the point is it's over. There's no going back now. There's no stopping this. There's no more delaying it and pushing it back. There's no more pushing it back. The mystery of God is finished. Just like when Jesus was on the cross, he says, it is finished. Now, what did he mean? What's finished? Well, everything wasn't finished. But what was finished is everything needed to bring salvation to whosoever will is finished. The suffering, all the mystery, all the suffering prophecies, Isaiah 53, all of these, finished. Atonement, finished. Praise the Lord. It is finished. Now, as he declared to the servants the prophets, now what we're seeing, so that was a finished because, and that's what we read in the book of Acts. It says everything that was written that Christ would suffer he has so fulfilled but now there's other scriptures that talks about not what christ would suffer but throughout this book 
There's other prophecies, prophecies that talk about a time when the lion would lay down with the lamb, a time when the king would reign from a throne in Jerusalem, a time when the knowledge of God, like I have already said, will cover the earth, and that everybody will bow the knee to him. Everybody will confess to him. And he's saying, in the days of the sounding of the seventh trumpet, it's done. It's time for uh, it's time for all the mystery to be sealed up, the prophecies to be over. Verse 8. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go and take the little book, the scroll, which is open. Open means it's not sealed. It's not mystery. It's not hidden. Take it. Excuse me. I lost my place. Go and take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. Verse 9. So I went to the angel and said to him, give me the book. He said to me, take and eat it, and it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. What's this mean? Now, as I've told you over and over and over and over, the book of Revelation, there's all kinds of, it brings us all kinds of symbolism, but it's not the first time. These things are throughout the scriptures. Now, let me read one from Ezekiel right quick, and then we will, we will finish this day. In Ezekiel chapter 2, starting with verse 9, Ezekiel even experienced this, a prophet of the Lord. He says, now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, spread before me. Then he spread it before me, a book, excuse me, behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and there was written on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll, and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat the scroll. He said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I have given you. So I ate, and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. And then he tells him to go prophesy. So I read that to you so that you could understand what he's, what he's, what the, what's going on. To eat a scroll. What, one of the things we're trying to do here on Daybreak is devour, eat the book of Revelation. It's what every pastor, every preacher does. He devours the word of God. He eats the word of God. He brings it into himself. He digests the word of God. So then he goes and speaks it to other people. Ezekiel devoured the lamentation and the woe. And then he goes and he prophesies it to the people. It's a message that is given, Right? So to eat means to read it, to study it, to devour it, to bring it within yourself is what he's talking about. So going back now to Revelation, why is it bitter, both bitter and sweet? Well, it's both bitter and sweet because of the message that's out there. This message is that we're talking about is both bitter and sweet, is it not? It's bitter and sweet. It's sweet because we're reading about salvation. We're reading about victory. 
is sweet because we're reading about justice for the oppressed. The time that God will judge the wicked and relieve the sufferings of the oppressed. And in these ways, this book is very sweet to us. It's wonderful. We can shout, praise the Lord. This is wonderful. It tastes good. But it's also very bitter. Why is it bitter? Because it's telling us about judgment on an unbelieving world. Judgment on trees and earth. Judgment on the land itself because it's all cursed. Judgment on wicked mankind that rebels against God. Torment and judgment as God brings justice. It's bitter because we read about the persecution of saints. Do you know that God's people have been persecuted? Read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Just read it. Read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Heroes of the faith that stood strong. And as we read the book of Revelation, saints are persecuted. Saints are persecuted. And so it's bitter when we read about persecution, but it's sweet when we read about salvation. Amen. So, verse 10. That's why it's both bitter and sweet. And then verse 10, Then I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. He said to me, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, and kings. More prophecy is coming. More prophecy is coming, and you've got to prophesy more. But what you're about to have, what you're about to get a hold of, what you're about to what we're about to read, okay? What we're about to read is bitter. It's sweet. It's both. Vindication for the righteous, but trouble and anguish as well. Hallelujah. And I think, John, you're getting off this island. You got more to do, buddy. You got more to do. Hallelujah. Okay, well, I hope this has been a blessing unto you. I hope you are uh, enjoying that. That finishes up chapter 10. And uh, we're going to try to start chapter 11 in the morning. Uh, if you have questions, thank you guys for, I know some of you guys share this, and I know it's got to be, you know, to share this Bible study on your personal page. That's 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 quite a quite the compliment, I feel like. And I thank you for that, for you trusting me with people that you know here in these words. I do love you. Let's pray. This is a day that I, I, I want to lift up Israel again. And like I said, that's what I, I why, why I wear this. I grab this every day. I grab this and I pray. For Israel, so many people today don't know their Lord. And we want to pray for their eyes to be open. Amen. So would you join me? Father, we know that blindness in part has come unto Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. But Father, we pray, God, that you would help us who know you, who love you, who serve you, to always be ready to share the gospel with everyone that we meet. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the Jewish people that are blinded. We pray for the people that are thinking about the Day of Atonement and they're thinking about just 
repentance and crying out to you. But Lord, we pray that the veil will come off of their eyes, that they will see Jesus, that they will see Yeshua, that they will see the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And they will truly understand what the Day of Atonement is all about. God, I pray this in the name of Yeshua, my King. I love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness to me. Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for opening my wife's eyes. Thank you, God, that we as a married couple now, we know you, we praise you, and we serve you together. So, Father, we pray for the Jewish people that they would be saved. We pray for all our lost neighbors that they would be saved and help us be instruments in bringing the gospel to everyone we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day and our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Love you, saints. Thank you for being here. See you tomorrow.